to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Ms. Dira. Kit. And Flick. What is happening? <laughs> What's going on? I decided it was time for something new. Alright, I liked it. I liked and it. Bria Last isn't week. Here and I always, I always piggyback off whatever someone does before me. I have an original idea. Jeez. Oh, Last okay. week, the <laughs> capture, the cycle of ca- <laughs> Last week, the cycle of capture and failed escape attempts continued, with the party finding themselves unable to get away from the mage ascendant and his enchantments. Now, however, things are getting serious, and the mage ascendant has put them all into an enchanted sleep and promised to up his game. What is the mage ascendant's plan? Are our adventurers doomed to a life of enchanted slavery? Or will they at last find a way to get away from this city? Hopefully with their keys in hand. Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hi. How are we feeling? A little sleepy. sleepy. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, on the upside, you get a long rest, and it's a very restful, dreamless sleep. You don't wake up in the middle of the night to have to go pee. Like, it is a solid eight <laughs> we hours. Just, you just of pee sleep. the bed, you just wake up. I was going to say, where do moist. we pee? You were, yeah, the necessaries were taken care of this time. They, they took you all to, to lavatories, to latrines before they <gasps> put you to sleep. A real no bathroom? No catheters involved. I mean, a real medieval <laughs> fantasy bathroom. So, like, I mean, eh. like, better than the corner of. Of our like cell, there so. was a little there was a little wand in there though, like a wand of prestidigitation that you could use to like make flower smells after you went to the bathroom, so that it, like smelled nice in there. Cool, <laughs> like medieval have... poopery. Oh my god, you guys have no idea how much the idea of a really restful, dreamless sleep sounds. Oh, <laughs> right now, Vizier's like, I'll stay here forever. Sorry, give me more of that. Give me some more of that drink. I want it so bad. What a tease. Like, give me some more so of that. Bad. Y'all, I've been sleeping so well here in Milwaukee. Anyway. Oh my god, I hate you so I much. Know, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, so, um, so you all have a great sleep. Uh, you have a long rest. However, when you wake up, a few things are different. I think I said last week that you all were taken to separate chambers. That was a lie, I realized after the fact. Um, You all were not (laughs) taken to separate chambers. You were all put in the same chamber to sleep. And you wake up, and there's just sort of something different in your heads. And you're not exactly sure what it is. Something just seems to have sort of shifted. And you each sort of in your turn, like, get up. Uh, there is now like a little, a very small little table that has a few wash basins and like ewers of water on it. So you all sort of like go through your morning, whatever, and like wash your face and blah, blah, blah. And a few minutes after you all are up, uh, the door opens and uh, your friend, the mage ascendant, walks in and sort of smiles at each of you and says, good morning. How are we this morning? Fine. Good. I'll give him, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm just going to give him a little look. Oh, but he's your he's your good friend. You would always want to greet your your friendly acquaintance friend. Is he telling me this? No, I'm telling you this. <laughs> what are you playing I, at? I'm tell I'm telling you that Flick feels that his good friend just walked in the room and he should greet him good morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so good, I, it good occurs morning. to me that like I had this brilliant plan for how this was going to roll out in my head, but like not actually telling you all anything means it's not going to work. So, um you all are, I, I mean, at this I got point, it now. <laughs> yeah, I know you got it now. I should say it anyway, though, which is that you all have been charmed 
by the mage ascendant and regard what? him as a friendly acquaintance. I know. Regard him as a friendly acquaintance and and it it is it happens in such a way that I think I sort of mentioned this last week, but like your sort of mental state and your worldview has just unbeknownst to you, of course, at this point, just shifted in such a way that he is your friend. He always has been. We are pro mage ascendant, y'all. Yeah, very much what? so. And it's not that it's not that you are his in your head are his slaves and like are forced magically to obey his orders. But there's no reason that you wouldn't want to at this point. He's a, a trusted friend and advisor. He's the leader of of where you live, um, and that's just sort of how you how you approach. Uh, everything. Anytime that something would come up in your head that would sort of like cause some sort of like cognitive dissonance about that, you know, like if you think about like your mission was to steal from him and then to get back to Bria or something, like if something caused that to pop up in your brain, I think maybe it sparks a little something, but this enchantment is pretty powerful and it's quickly subsumed by, oh, but that doesn't make sense because he's my friend, right? Does that make sense? Right, that makes sense. And so piggybacking Mm -hmm. off of that... Yeah. If one, like, if he asks us to like hurt our other friend again, is that something that we would obey? Like, even because they're my friends, like, obviously, I realize that they're still like my loyal friends. Yes, like, if he absolutely. said stab her, I would be like, wait, but like, she's my friend too. Why would I do yeah. that? That would cause me to like question yeah, it that would, exactly, and it, and okay. it would be that sort of thing where like, I mean, like like in life, like if a friend of yours Said, asked you to stab, stab another, you'd friend, be like, whoa, 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 like, stop! Like, why are you doing right. that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not like the spell that he put on you <laughs> just yesterday. Like in real life, if your friend you asked to. you to stab your other friend, you'd be like, um, I don't think I'm gonna do that, but okay, Look, <laughs> but okay, sure. <laughs> Thanks for asking. So but, so casual. You know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, but thanks. <laughs> so he definitely doesn't ask you to uh, stab any of your friends, um, but he does gather you all up, and he brings you uh, into a chamber that you have not yet been in that has a couple of uh, locked sort of glass cases in there, and there are what you all are pretty sure must be magical items in there. Um, and one of the reasons that you think that is because you spot the fire shield and the shimmer scale in these cases. And I have a question. Yeah. Is the scimitar I stashed still where I stashed it? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Nice. Like, that nice. one guard was so freaked out by the fact that he'd been charmed by you all and so nervous about getting in trouble for that that like he has completely forgotten about the scimitar and by the time he realized it like he's like I'll get in so much trouble like I must have lost it somewhere else I love that he he reported that and he's still no one noticed that he didn't have a scimitar like I love I think yeah. Yeah, I like that even if it's just like a forgotten whatever like I like the fact that no one realized that he didn't even have a scimitar on him and he was the guard yeah I mean it's like he was he was such a mess and, like, also, like, the scimitars do, like, the mundane stuff do, do belong to the individual guards. So, like, it's his responsibility, whatever, whatever. Fair enough, cool. fair enough. Um, so, uh, this first day is spent, uh, Bizdira, it's, it's pretty boring for you. Actually, no, that's not true. So, this first day is spent doing experiments uh, with the three artifact keys that are now all in the same place. And the experiments sort of consist of different combinations of you guys attempting to attune to different combinations of keys. He never really lets up his attunement to his pendant. Um, But for example, like, 
Kit, he has you, or rather Flick, he has you release the attunement to the shimmer scale so that Kit can try and attune to it, which of course doesn't work. (laughs) Your faces are amazing. I feel so Um, violated. I feel so gross and violated by I don't know why. So one thing that you one thing that you do notice is that Flick, when you when you release the attunement to it, you you notice several things, right? Like you don't feel the other two keys anymore. You that weird sense of like time slowing down for you alters, and you definitely feel. I mean, it's it's such a small thing, right? Because it's only hours that are passing, but you feel the passage of time on your body like fully again. However, at least for the brief like day or whatever that you spend unattuned, but still in the Shimmer Scale's presence, that kernel of awareness of it remains with you. So you are still in some small way connected to it, at least for now. But all of its other properties, like you you know that even if the year had been up, you wouldn't have access to that prophecy spell and all the other stuff. Um, Bizdira, you do get to attune to, I think, I don't know, which one do you want to attune to for a short, brief period of time? I want to attune to his. Okay, so you attune to the Shimmer Scale for a while, like as an experiment, and they try and get you... They actually... The Mage Ascendant actually tries to get you to attune to the Fire Shield and the Shimmer Scale at the same time, uh-huh. since you were the one who didn't have any connection to either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the end of the eight hours of attunement for these things, you only feel the connection to the Shimmer Scale. Like, nothing works, right? Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of a, of a pretty exhausting day, right? Like, that's a lot of sitting still and meditating and focusing on objects. So at the end of a pretty exhausting day, you all are pr- all pretty sure, him included, you're all pretty sure that there's just no way to attune to more than one of these keys at a time, like Bizdira said. Thumbs up. And so he he sort of accepts that and, and sort of discusses the theory of these things with you guys and discusses the various powers of the different keys, which, um, you know, you all share with him. And he and he actually does share with you some of the abilities that his pendant gives him. You, you get the sense that he's not telling you everything. And you also get this, but you, you also get the sense that he's had this thing for a very long time and done a lot with it. And he seems to have unlocked far more of its powers than either of you have unlocked in yours. That's what I was going to um, ask. So, so, yeah, so you get it some hints. Sense. You get some hints as to uh, sort of what it does, but he definitely, and you know, and like you just accept that like sometimes it's best not to know everything, and he's keeping back some of the some of the abilities of it from you. So that's how that day it's, is spent. Uh, at the end of the day, you're given another uh, draft so that you get a good night's sleep because tomorrow will be another long day, and you each have dreamless, wonderful sleep. The next day wakes up much like today, feeling well-rested, ready to spend the day interacting with your friend, the Mage Ascendant. And uh, before we sort of start off on what that day is going to look like, Flick, do you have something? Yeah, I was going to ask, did he share his uh, ultimate plan? Uh, Because I know that that's something that we didn't get from the guard the other day. Um, But I think He hasn't... well, and if he, he doesn't share yet. that with us, I think that I would ask him. Sure. Um, he has. He didn't yesterday, and when you asked him, he said that... I mean, if you asked it... Like, we'll say you sort of asked him at the end of the day, once you had finished the experiments and sort of concluded what you did. Um, he, he basically just tells you that, like, now that you have a solid answer about these keys, he's going to need to sort of figure that out. And so he'll let you all know in the morning. Okay. Um, I have... Oh, I had the question. My brain still does not. <laughs> it's early. Enough. It's okay. Um, 
Yes. It had something to do <laughs> with... I don't remember. <laughs> okay, if you think of it, let me know. If um, I think otherwise, of it, I'll let you know. Uh, oh, uh, otherwise, that's what oh, it was. You remember, um, of course. See, I knew as soon as I tried to go on, she was going to remember. Did, uh... Flick, have you tried to, like, tell him about your family and, like, the rising danger of that anymore? Well, we... We tried, um, I remember a couple episodes ago when we tried to like reason with him (laughs) and, uh, he, we tried to tell him about like the greater evil on the island and he didn't, we didn't tell him specifically what it was, but that's as far as we got. Um, right. I mean, I, this is something that we would bring up because he's our friend now. Um, not unless he asks. And he definitely does not. Yeah, he doesn't... I don't think he has any reason to, so... I mean, I think we're okay for now. In my brain, the understanding of our friendship is, like, he's Regina George and we're all the rest of the plastic. That's literally... That is literally what I thought. Wednesdays, we wear pink. We are on the same wavelength, and I'm so happy about it. There we go. Yes. My (laughs) name is Regina George, and I am a massive deal. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, so, like, we're not going to tell him anything that we don't think would be interesting, and he's not interested. That's at yeah. least my... That's a great... I think that's a great. Of it. That's actually really great, because it's, like, we're always trying to, like, gain... Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of adds a little element to it that we're always trying to gain his favor a little bit. Like, yeah. we're always Ooh, like trying that. to... That's actually going to... Yeah, I was going to say, we're always like... trying to do, like, a good job for him a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the dumb one that just says dumb things all the time. <laughs> Karen. Oh, yes, my God. Can. Karen. <laughs> oh. I'm Karen. Amazing. Um, that actually will play really nicely into what's going to happen next. So <laughs> what happens it? next is this next day starts off a chain of events uh, and days that are all pretty similar. He gathers the three of you up the next morning after you've uh, broken your fast and tells you a little bit about what his plan is. So each of you will be assigned various uh, tasks and duties uh, within the administration of the city of Silfson, which you very quickly get the sense is really his only concern. Like, he cares very little about anything that happens outside of this city, and even within this city, he only cares about things if they are directly related to him, like, maintaining his magic items and his power, right? And that can encompass a lot, right? Like, that can encompass interactions with the various noble families in town. That can encompass, like, you know, gathering resources and things like that. But everything that he seems concerned with comes back to his maintaining his items and power over the city. So, generally, what the three of you are assigned to do. Bizdira, you uh, ultimately, oh, also ultimately attunement was given back to each of you with the original item. So, so Flick, you're reattuned to the Shimmer Scale Kit. You're attuned to the Fire Shield again. Um, so, Bizdira, I'm attuned to nothing. To, to nothing at the moment. Uh, Bizdira, you, uh, your main job within the Silfson administration is to uh, work with and actually give some training to the city, the city wall guard. So you're mostly stationed down there at the gate. Oh, I'm totally going to teach them how to play the banjo. Oh, for <laughs> sh- and you definitely get that banjo back. Yeah. Um, you guys do have all of your... Uh, so I, sh- I should have started with that, sorry. So this morning, um, you all get all of your mundane equipment back, including <gasps> uh, the two casters foci. Oh! Um, 
you are given the shimmer scale and the fire shield, uh, and the mage ascendant just sort of tosses in that, like, at the end of each day for safekeeping, those are going to get locked back up in this chamber to be sure. And he, you know, he couches it all in, like, to be sure that they are secure. We don't want anything happening to them. Your other magic items, let's see, what are they? So, Bizdira, you are, you are actually given that, I think it's a dagger, right? Magic dagger I- that you had? Yeah, I have a dagger. Yeah, so they give that back to you uh, to help, like, you're guarding the wall and training. Cool. The bag of holding gets given back to you, Flick, just so, because it seems, I mean, it's just a way that you carry your stuff around, so that's fine. Was there anything else? Frosty's your scroll. Hat. Your scroll is being studied, but it, oh. but nobody's used it, so it's mm. around. Uh, what else? Oh, the hat. Um, I think the hat, I don't know if they know what it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess they give the hat back. Sure. <laughs> but they know it's magical, right? Oh. Like they, they know it's magical. Oh, for they sure they know it's magical. they don't know what yeah. it does. Right. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Um, and then uh, I had, I think, at least one potion. Probably, I had, like, some potions and Oh, yes. Stuff. Um, so I think that, well, so that's going to come into play in just a moment. So actually, we'll talk about the potions in a second, Kit. Um, so right now, Bizdira, you go down to train the wall guard to occasionally take shifts guarding the walls. Uh, and that's sort of where you are stationed. Okay. Uh, Kit, you have sort of two main jobs uh, that you're given. One is that you are uh, trained and join the Mage Ascendant's sort of personal guard, his keep, the guard of the keep. Um, you're not generally stationed outside guarding the keep walls. You're more sort of one of the house guards. So occasionally you're assigned to sort of stay with him and be his personal bodyguard, always with someone else um, because of your capabilities with the fire shield. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, you're stationed in other locations around the keep. Amazing. So I'm Gretchen Wieners. Yes. Correct. (laughs) Your other, however, your other job, uh, because they, he sort of asked you some questions about those potions that he found on you. He asked you a question about the scroll too, but when it became clear that like you didn't create that, he'd lost interest. Um, But he asks you some questions about the potions. And I'm pretty sure that the potions either you created or I made them with Rx, I believe. Yeah. So one of the other jobs that you have when you're not on guard duty is to work with some of the herbalists. Uh, and and by herbalists, I basically just mean, like, the cook in the keep <laughs> who, like, uses herbs and spices and plants in cooking, right? But that's, like, the closest thing that he has ready access to, um, to start creating potions and things like that. Um, and so we'll you'll have... You'll be able to do some experimenting. You'll be able to create some new things. Obviously, for the most part, he wants you to create ones that you know how to do, like healing potions and stuff that can be given to his guard. But mm-hmm. there's also room for experimentation because he's curious about what what can be done with that art as well. Okay. Flick, you uh, are also given a couple of uh, specific jobs. One job is for you to sort of always be on hand and ready should the Mage Ascendant need to make a major decision. He discussed, he, he realized very quickly that the two of you have innate spellcasting abilities as well as the ones given to you by your keys, which of course is not what he calls them. He doesn't call them keys, but whatever. Um, Flick, one of the things that really interested him was your ability to cast the spell Augury. Okay. Uh, which is a cleric spell 
that sort of gives you can ask a question yeah. uh, and you get either this is a good idea, this is a bad idea, or neutral, right? Essentially, that's a dumbing down version of right. it, but that's it, essentially it, yeah. what it does. Mm-hmm. So you're you're to be on hand anytime he needs to make a decision that merits just getting a little reassurance. And uh, and you cast Augury for him. What you very quickly sort of realize is that this spell seems to have a bit of extra, not not in any real mechanical sense at this point, but it does seem to have a bit of extra potency when instead of using your holy symbol, you use the shimmer scale as the focus for casting Augury. Hey, that's um, cool. Which sort of, as you think about it, like makes sense to you. Like this, the shimmer scale seems to be somehow connected to divination magic. Augury is obviously a divination spell. There's something about the shimmer scale that just gives it a little oomph. I love that. Cool. Your other job is, because you are also able to prepare and cast uh, Detect Magic, your other job is to take occasional shifts at the city gates, uh, casting Detect Magic to check out people coming in and out of the city so that the guards don't have to use the wands every time. You will also learn pretty quickly that, like, they're not real good at keeping track of the charges in these wands. And, like, it's not it's not super common, but it's also not super rare for them to, like, blow up a wand by using its last charge and, like, messing it up, right? Yeah, totally. So, so you being able to cast it without having to use their very... Va- I mean, they see basically every magic item is very valuable. So you being able to do it without risking their wands is is a, a big boon, yeah? Great. Okay. So those are sort of the, the main... The two main jobs that each of you are given. And we can sort of montage through several days, if not 10 days. I have to look at the calendar to see how long until the next moment that we need to talk about. But um, do you guys want to tell me, uh, do you folks want to tell me anything in particular that you're doing or something really cool that you do while you're out there doing these things? Like, you know, you can have a, a bit of freedom here to to tell, to do some storytelling. Anyone have something you want to tell me about? Um, I think that as we, since we know we like, are trying to kind of garner more favor with the Mage Ascendant. Like, I think that Kit is definitely going to be a little bit of a show-off when she's in the personal guard and is going to take full advantage of her wild shape to, like, scare the people who, like, are coming and bothering the Mage Ascendant. Absolutely. I love that. Like, you spend a good chunk of, like, any given guard duty as, like, some really scary animal behind him. You make sure that you transform at just the right moment for excellent effect. I love that. Yes, exactly. I really love that. Uh, And he sort of of begins to get a kick out of it. Like, he enjoys, like, watching people's reactions when you do that. Great. Anybody else? (laughs) I think for going along those lines, I think he is going to sort of uh, explore the farthest reaches of his magical ability any time that he possibly can in front of the Mage Ascendant and like try and show off as much you know even if it's just like a little you know thaumaturgy here and there or if it's something a little bit bigger like if he needs to cast you know a you know a higher level spell just to kind of even if it's not necessary just to kind of show off like he'll do so sure Um, I love that and he the Mage Ascendant is sort of at, at once he is, on the one hand, he's like, he's excited by being able to see the full complement of your spells and what you're able to do. And, I, you know, I think over the days, and it looks like it's actually almost almost two full ten days 
uh, before our next event. Um, but you sort of, you go through basically your whole repertoire of spells that are available to you. Like, you sort of cycle through them, you try a bunch of different ones, you find ways to use them. Um, yeah, I'll even, like, detect so on poison one- on his food and, like, it, everything from, like, little itty-bitty yeah, stuff when you, to, when like... you detect poison, like, everybody lights up, all the Yuan-Ti light up a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is um, a little overwhelming. Not surprising. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, on the one hand, he's, like, excited by... by watching you explore these things and coming up with ways that he can make use of all that. On the other hand, though, like, after the first day where, like, you you really, like, let loose and really try and impress him, and then he needs to make a decision, and you're out of slots to cast Augury with. Mm-hmm. So he, he, at that point, he's a little like, alright, boy, like, slow down. Like, we should definitely explore this, but he, like, you're there for a purpose. And he makes it very clear that, like, your primary function is is to, if you're with him, make sure he makes the right decision, and if you're at the gate, is to detect magic. Outside of that, as long as it doesn't interfere, you can explore, but like, um, but I love that. Bizdira, how about you? Anything particularly cool? I think she'll just, uh, she'll try her best to teach some sort of, like, acrobatics to the, to the guards. Definitely. Okay. As a way of showing off, but besides yeah, that, they're I mean, most, they're all pretty like athletics focused right they all like very much rely on their strength and yeah. so I love that you sort of teach them to begin to rely on their agility as well yeah the dexterity <laughs> and all that um cool. I can't imagine she would do anything else and I don't think I feel like she might think about her radiant consumption but I don't think she would show it to him because it could the possibility of injuring him sure sure is there totally um, what's something, what is a, uh, and I can help you with this, but if you have something in mind, what's a creature that attacks the Silfson city walls at some point that you have to help fend off with the, with the wall guard? Oh, would it be the, not those mold creatures, right? Oh, what about, be, sure, whatever you, or what about one of those, those, um, giant gorillas. gorilla yeah. things? Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's a couple of them. I like that. So a couple of those four-armed gorilla creatures come uh, and it seems like this happens every so often, like some of them will like go mad or something and just sort of run up to the gates and attack the guards. Uh, and so you sort of have this big knockdown drag out fight with them and manage to to defeat them and, and look pretty cool. Uh, and you sort of get in with some of the wall guard at this point. Like they're all a little, they were all a little distrustful of you, but you really sort of prove yourself to them at that point. Cool. Okay. So um, the days pass and uh, in fact... How many days pass? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 days pass. And each day is, is, you know, there are variants, but the main things are always the same, right? At the end of every day, you're given a sleeping draft. Uh, At the beginning of every day, you are given your magic items. You, You keep your regular equipment with you, but you're given your magic items and given your assignments for the day. The Mage Ascendant is sort of always around in one way or another, right? Like, he comes down to the wall occasionally to check up on you and just see how things are going. Kit, if you're not on guard duty, he comes and finds you every now and again just to make sure that things are good, blah, 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 blah. Um, And that's sort of how those 14 days pass. The end of the 14 days, he gathers you all the night before uh, this, this, the night of the 14th day, before you all are given your sleeping drafts, and tells you all that uh, the next few days are going to be difficult for you all. He says, uh, you will, you will think things and feel things and no matter what happens, he wants you to try and remember what good friends and what good co 
workers. <laughs> it's not the word I wanted to use, but whatever. Like good, good collaborators. Collaborators. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. You all have been for the last ten day and a half, and it's like it's a weird thing to say, right? And like it's very cryptic, but that's what he tells you. And you all are given your sleeping drafts and drift off to sleep. The next morning, for the first time in 14 days, things are different. You all wake up, and you are back in some cold stone cells. Each of you is chained quite tightly to the wall and in shackles. You have none of your equipment on you. And for the first time in 14 days, you wake up and you do not automatically regard the Mage Ascendant as your good friend. And what both, what all three of you very quickly realize, I think probably Kit and Flick more quickly, but Bizdira, you've been around them long enough to notice this also. What you very quickly realize is that today is the first day of the full moon. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so we're going to do another little mini montage because you all are very well chained. Again, you don't have any of your equipment. So let's talk about sort of what you do with your enchantment-free thinking and sort of what your plans are. If you want to make an escape attempt or something, we can do that. But like, you know, let's learn from the past and sort of figure out what we want to do here. Yeah. Um, right. Can we talk to each other? Um, yes, you're in different cells, um, but you don't see any guards in there with you and you can hear each other. So sure. And is it the original dungeon or is it a different one? It's the original one, but there have been changes that have been made. You all are in different cells. <laughs> Shock um, face. The shackles, uh, the, uh, the chains are much better anchored into the wall. The cell doors have been changed to be a little more solid, mm-hmm. um, as in the bars are closer together, but also they just look sturdier. Totes, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, things like that. Is that same, uh, is the door still closed? That like, a stone door that everyone... That stone door is still closed, and Kit, your door in particular... Uh, make me perception check real quick. My passive is 18. <laughs> That'll do. Um, so you notice that your door in particular, like, you do have kind of a hard time hearing the other two. Your door seems real solid, and it, you can tell that, like, the seams are pretty well secured. Uh, right. okay. Um, No crawling out for you. But... But they're, it's not a, like a, a solid door. Yours is, yes. Oh, mine is a solid door, and it's yes. totally... Yes, Bizdira and Flicks, yours actually are not. They're much sturdier than they used to be, but they're not solid doors, but Kit's is. Okay, so there's no way for me to get out of this cell. Everything is closed up. You you get the sense that they they planned for you and your wild shape. Again, showing off her wild shape. Again, shock face. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, well, I mean, I think if anything, especially if we're montaging this, because I really don't think we want to escape, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I want to escape. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I, yeah, so do I. I yes. But in short, here's, here's we another do want to escape, that, but here's another thing that I'll give you guys. Let me have all three of you make. Ugh, let's call it. I think I have to call it intelligence history. History. That's what I've been using. And like, hey, listeners, if you have another way that you and your games deal with memory, like memory of specific events and things, 
Let us know, because I'm curious. For me, it's an intelligence-based thing. I know some people feel like it should be a wisdom thing. I'm curious what you all think, so let us know. Um, okay, it uh, looks like Kit did real well. Tell me more. I finally crit on something. <laughs> it's been <laughs> so long. <laughs> um, Bizdira, what was yours just to know? Three. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, which actually is going to make sense here in a minute. And Flick? A 14. Okay. Um, so actually, Flick and uh, Kit, both of you, and this does sort of make sense. As you're sort of talking and thinking about your options and sort of realizing, like, hey, full moon, like, clearly either his magic doesn't work or he doesn't want to risk casting it or something, right? As you're sort of thinking about the flow of things, you realize that it's not ideal because you you will have to wait quite a while. But next month, the day after the full moon next month happens to be the summer solstice, which is one of the two days a year that magic just stops working altogether. So this month you have three days and you sort of expect to be down there probably all three of those days. Next month you'll have those three days, but there will be a fourth day immediately following it where magic also won't work. So do with that information what you will, but over the course of the next like month and a half, you have essentially seven days uh, that you can predict pretty well that you probably will not be charmed. This is valuable information that we have remembered. Mm-hmm. Question is, how are we going to uh, use the information? <laughs> that is, in fact, the question. Yes. So nothing magical can happen on that one day. Like, not even, and we'll remember this, no magic items as well. Yeah, that's that's been your experience. What um, about the wild your, shape? Uh, I believe that didn't work either. <laughs> Anything, yeah, any sort of magical effect at all. Um, so, like, radiant consumption wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, all any Anything that has, that sort of is referred to as magic in any way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I can only, well, okay, we can only assume, as we are in this not-charmed state, that we will be um, locked up again for that single day, just as tight. But that Probably. also means that... Hmm. I wonder what happens to the city on that day. You know, like nobody has magic items. Nobody. And, you know, it's possible that like maybe, maybe in these three days, like there isn't anything that you do, right? Like realizing what this pattern is, is enough to get you started that maybe there are things that you want to try and do over the course of the next month of being charmed, like things that wouldn't necessarily go against the Mage Ascendant, that you, but that you could use to prepare for what's to come, right? But maybe nothing actually, maybe there's really nothing else that's done in these three days, and that's fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's where I was going Going on that sort of journey, is like, we don't really have anything else to do but kind of talk. So unless sure. there's something specific, like plan-wise, that we think, oh, that's really brilliant, we should come up with that. Or if there's information about like that day specifically that we need to find out mm-hmm. in the course of like the next, what is it, three ten day or something? Um, we can, we yeah, can it's essentially, it. yeah, it's twenty nine days. It's essentially thirty days between each. Ish, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really yeah. good point, Flick, because thinking about it. We'll still, we will still remember that that's a thing. Yeah. You know, now that oh, we've remembered sure. it, like, we will continue even in our enchanted state. We'll rem- remember that that's coming up so we can kind of, like, get more information on what happens to the city on this day. What happens to the Mage Ascendant? Is he, like, locked away himself? Or, like, what, you know, who's to say? Yeah. Because sure. I feel I like... I can't help but wonder if maybe there... To me, it would make sense, and we sh- this is what we should find out, that, like... 
for their culture, perhaps there is like some sort of like festival or some sort of like offering that they mm. make so that like, you know, to ask for magic to come back. And like, that feels like a thing that would very much be a part of this culture. And I would bet anything that the castle empties out if that's the case, in which case yeah, that or would be... something or like on the, yes mm-hmm. or like on the complete other this is just like for fun i'm just like theorizing but it's like maybe like the whole city goes on like lockdown and mm-hmm. nobody's like allowed to leave yeah. nobody's allowed to like do anything you know that kind of thing like where they all know that like none of their shit works and that's a problem for them you know yeah. that kind of thing i don't know i think i'm just yeah, kind of theorizing that, i think you're right i mean that okay. makes sense to me too that they would do that especially the mage ascendant he'd probably have his buddy whatever make the frowny face and just be like that's it we're not doing it right the statue mm-hmm. um well that might not even work he can't change it <laughs> not on that day that's actually a good thing i would i would like to know what the statue actually looks like without it being changed <laughs> the statue, statue of the mage ascendant this with the uh that oh the one in the square down down in the square yeah yeah, yeah. um okay as we like are starting to plan i uh what do what material is the door on my cell made out of um so it looks like it's sort of like it was a metal cell door that was then like filled in with okay. wood so it's a combination okay is like it, it does look a little janky like well like good good strong janky but like clearly was a little bit like cobbled is together. it uh wood on the seams like from like like to fill in the like gaps from the like whatever, the door to the floor? I I think so, yeah. Okay, so in that case, I think something that I will probably, either I will want to do or I want to enlist my friends to help, Mm -hmm. and I think that this is going to, I feel like this is going to be a key part of the plan, will be throughout the next month while we're charmed, like just finding a little bit of time every day to make our way to this cell and start to scrape out just like a tiny, tiny sliver at the bottom um, okay. So that next time we're in here, I can wild shape and there's like a possibility. Yeah, this room. totally. There's okay. a possibility that you can get out. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. All right. Anything else for these three days that we should discuss now? No. And just I Great. like I would be meditating and doing stuff, training right. as much as I can in my right, room. Right, as best you can in the shackles. Yeah, totally. Okay. So at the end of the three days, uh, you all are uh, given, and again, like you can take them or they can be forced upon you but the sleeping drafts start coming back um, out of curiosity do any of you are any of you making them force them down your throats no no i want to say yes but <laughs> <laughs> i know you do um, i can feel it i know you do yeah i feel like she'd be like i this is just my life now <laughs> yeah we learn we learn from our mistakes right, okay. i mean this is that's gonna good, be though. it that's until good. we figure something else out the Mage Ascendant seems pleased that, yeah. that, that it went that way, right? So the next day begins back. You are you find you wake up, you find yourselves back in your regular chamber upstairs uh, with the Mage Ascendant as your buddy. And he gathers you that morning and says, you know, I'm so sorry that you had to experience those three days, but we're all back now. And I'm looking forward to the continued collaboration. And he looks very excited and he says, plus... We are now in the final countdown to the celebration and rededication of the city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, how exciting! <laughs> tell us more, tell us more! 
and he does tell you more. So he tells you a little bit about how on this day each year, it is a a day that troubles most of the city because they're unable to use uh, their magic items on that day. And that, that sort of, it puts a damper on the whole city. And so to combat that, the Mage Ascendant holds a great festival each year on this day to lift everyone's spirits. And he brings everyone to the square in the town. And while everyone is there, certain key members of society and of his household uh, sort of act as like proxies for the whole town and rededicate themselves both to the city and to the service, to their service of the Mage Ascendant and his uh, his rule here in the city. And that that sort of rededication and the celebration afterwards sort of enlivens the town on that somewhat somewhat dark and upsetting day. So are Called we... It. <laughs> are we going to also be a part of this? He says, oh, absolutely. You all will be there and join the group that uh, serve as the proxies that dedicate yourselves uh, to this city and to me. Great. Yeah, sure. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. I believe him right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Cool, yeah. yeah. Obviously. All right. So that, uh, your duties are much the same this month, uh, but there are some additional things that you all are asked to do in preparation for the celebration. Um, Flick and Kit, uh, the Mage Ascendant sort of explores different ways that your magic might be used to enhance the celebration, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bizdira, you are... uh, So you had been training the guards. Now they begin training you in some ways in in terms of, like, uh, proper protocol and procedure and, like, sort of in in the ceremonial side of being guards rather than the actual sort of combat side, which, of course, is probably not your favorite thing in the world, but it's something different and and does require a sort of, like, mental focus and, and, you know, whatever that... it's, It's interesting to you. Gotcha. Over the course of this month, uh, also other things go down. Bizdira, um, a group of trolls, and they many of them are unlike troll any trolls that you ever saw back home in your world. Uh, very strange looking trolls attack the walls. You fend them off. Um, the other two of you continue to experiment with potions and with magic and things like that. So during the course of this uh, 29 days before the next full moon, which is immediately followed by the solstice, uh, the three of you, because of all of your training and your experience out there guarding and exploring your magic and things like that, the three of you will level to five. That's the best thing that's ever happened. Oh my God. We've had more, we've had more like role play level ups in this. I I know. Sort of love it. Yeah, than like ever I before. I kind of love it. Yeah. So, with that level, I'll give you all some time to uh, put that together, and that is where we're going to stop for this week. Oh, great. Oh, okay. Thanks so oh, much I'm for listening so to this to week's episode. I know. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out what exciting new uh, things our players can do at fifth level, and also what happens on the summer solstice here in Sylphson. 
If you enjoyed your listening experience, it would be divine if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcasts from. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better our placement on those sites, and the better our placement, the more people will get to listen. It does not have to be a long review at all, and the 10 seconds it'll take you to leave it really do help us a ton. So if you haven't already, open up that podcast app and leave that rating. Remember that you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at D&D Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Love to have you follow us. Let us know what you think of the show. Of course, you can also always email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page. Our generous patrons support us by pledging a monthly sum of as little as $1. And in exchange, they get to be part of an inner circle of fans who get access to all sorts of cool benefits and perks. Things like bonus content, early access to certain episodes, character sheets, and more. Check out everything you can get your hands on at patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Right now, we want to shout out to some of our awesome patrons. Thank you so much to our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders, Los Vargases and Sabria Alston. If you want to get shout out on the show, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron. We also do, of course, still have our website that has character and player bios, fan art, and a link to that Patreon. That address is www.dndlastrefuge.com. We want to thank BattleBards for providing a lot of the fantastic music you hear on our show, and D&D Beyond for being generally amazing in every way possible. Check out both of those services at battlebards.com and dndbeyond.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bizdira. Kit. And Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. Y'all, are you ready for this? No, maybe. I don't have my dice. Hold, please. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, what? We could have had so much more time to plan. How no dare you? Wow. That was a complete DM fail. No dice. Just grabbed a handful of dice from the table and threw them on my desk. All right, we ready? <laughs> sorry about that. I'm a doofus.